Thank you, Lord. Lord, as I, as I was even looking on the songs that we um, that was selected for a time of worship, it says, "Come to the altar, because I am the great I am. Let your praise rise, withholding nothing, and I will fill you up with joy that overflows." You will no longer be a slave as you draw closer to me. So Lord, thank you again that you have given us gifts, talents, and we present them back to you. Lord, we remind us again of your goodness, that you give gifts to those who you choose to. You give one ten, you give one five, you give one one. It is for us to discover that gift and present it back to you. So Lord, we thank you. And we present these offerings to you, Lord, to be used for the furtherance of your kingdom. Lord, I pray that you give us creative ideas to be adaptable in our environment, to reach our neighbors, friends, and even our enemies. So Lord, we thank you again. So as we prepare our hearts to hear your word, we pray that Lord, it will be filled with power, anointing, and grace that will also challenge us to grow and expand our mindset, our thoughts, and attitude towards you. Lord, I pray that the word will be so present, so effective as a double-edged sword, it will cut, it will heal, and it will mend. So I thank you as we present our speaker today, Pastor Eva. Good morning, everyone. Stone and I'm not a short and in between. <laughs> this morning our lesson, our text will be taken from Colossians 3, 1 to 2, and that was read this morning by Tamar. And it says, Since then you have been raised with Christ. Actually, we're doing from from verses 1 to 2 only. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. And so, Father, we thank you that you're here. We thank you that you demonstrate this morning through worship that your will will be done. We thank you that you demonstrate, Lord God, that we are no longer slaves to fear. We are children of the King. But Lord, it's not all. Not all of us are, but only for those who confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in their hearts that God raised them from the dead. And so Lord, as we profess faith in you this morning, we thank you, Lord, that we are known and we can be confident in the fact that we are raised to life with you. And so, Father, as we, we share the word this morning, I pray, Holy Spirit, that you will be the illuminator this morning. You will be the one who revealed to us this morning all that you need us to take away. Transform our hearts. Change our mindset. Give us new attitudes so that we can respond in a godly way to everything that we face in life. Father, we give you thanks. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, the topic of, my, of the message is Raised to Life, Part 2, Aspire for the Heavenly Life. Last week, we observed from the book of Colossians that Paul, the Apostle Paul wrote, to the, to, the, to, the, to the people in the church in Colossae. He said, there were heresies and there were false teaching based on human ideas and traditions and philosophies that were creeping into the church. 
And today, like the, the church in Colossae, we face these same things. We, we have new movements, new age movements. And, and all of these things are, are, are geared towards man wanting to be independent of God. Man wanting to be his own savior and his own redeemer. Man wanting to create his own religion and consider it a super, superior religion over the religion of, of Christianity. Over where God, the all-supreme and all-sufficient one reigns. And today, we record, last week we looked at how Paul countered those heresies and false, false teaching by presenting Christ. He presents that Christ is the only solution for, the man, for man's need. And that he was the only way to God the Father. He presented to us that there is no equal, that there is no one equal to Jesus. No one who can compare with him. We examined the truths in, in, in Colossians 3 last week when Paul said, since you have been raised to life with Christ. And we recognize that being raised to life with Christ reveals a, a change of ownership. It reveals a change of position. It, 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 it reveals that there needs to be a change of attitude, mindset and action for those who are raised with Christ. Believers in Christ died with Christ by faith. Just as Christ died, they died with him and they are dead to sin. The old natures that we have as believers and his desires have been crucified and we now have new natures. I heard Tamar's um, translation this morning that she read. She said, since you have been raised, since you have been raised with Christ to a new life, and Paul is saying to us that as believers, the three truths that we need to hold on to is that we died with Christ, so we are dead to sin. Christ, sin no longer have control over our lives. And even though we occasionally sin, we are no longer a part of the kingdom of Satan. We, are, we belong to the kingdom of God. And so where one sin dictated everything that you do, as a believer, that's no longer your reality. You are now a part of the kingdom of God and God now dictates and orchestrates the things that we do. The next point that Paul made that we looked at last week is that believers in Christ are buried with Christ. And we recognize that to be buried it meant that you were separated because we thought of a physical body being dead. We recognize that as a, as a no matter how loved that person is, when you go to that funeral, they are left alone. They are buried and left alone. Nobody stays with them. And we, so we recognize that to be buried with Christ means that you are made separate from the world. The worldly desires are no longer yours. You are no longer influenced by the, what the world desires and what the world says. And though we are separate, and are separated from the world. We are still required and called by God to go and to demonstrate the love of Christ through his son Jesus to the world. The next point we looked at last week was believers in Christ are raised with Christ. Just as Christ was resurrected to life, believers are raised to life. We are made alive in Christ and we are seated in the heavenly realms with Christ. This week, we want to continue to look at Colossians 3, 1 to 2. And where Paul is saying, Now that you have been raised with Christ, set your hearts on things above, where Christ is seated, at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. And in essence what Paul is saying, if you are resurrected like Christ, act like it. If you and I are resurrected with Christ, means that we are dead with Christ, we are buried with Christ, we are raised with Christ, we are seated with Christ. Act like it. And so we may ask, how do I act like being resurrected? Paul helps us in Colossians 3 that we just read. And he said, aspire for the heavenly things. Aspire for the heavenly life. 
Aspire for the things that are godly. Aspire for the things that Christ rules over. And you may ask, so what does it mean to aspire? To aspire is to direct one's hopes or ambition into achieving something. And so when we aspire for the heavenly life, or we aspire for the heavenly things, what Paul is saying, we set our hearts on things above where Christ is seated. And we set our minds on things above. So how does one practically set their hearts and their minds on things above? The word set can also be translated as the word to seek. To set one's heart is to seek or to desire the things over which Christ resides. To set one's mind is to think. Your mind is your thought life. It's to think on the things of God or on the things that are godly. According to Colossians 3.15, he said, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. And then he said that we have the mind of Christ. That believers have the mind of Christ. So as we learn and, and recognize that we are resurrected, we know in order to act like, like, act like we are resurrected, we have to set our thought lives on the things of God. We have to set our desires or seek and pursue the things that are godly. Setting our hearts and our minds does not come by accident. It is not something that you, you, you that, that just happened one morning out of the blue. No. It's a lifetime quest of discipline. This morning I got up and the, the alarm went off and, and I really could have slept a little bit more. But instantly in my mind I got a picture of discipline. And the thought that came to my mind is, no. You plan to get up at the time that the alarm went off. Snoozing the alarm is a lack of discipline. And I just, the, the thing just went off in my head and I just got up. And I said, you know what, let me first go and, and, and take, a, a, take a shower. Because that in itself will wake my body up. And so what Paul is saying, for us to set our hearts and our minds on God, it is not an accidental act. It is a lifetime quest of discipline. It is intentionally seeking. It is intentionally pursuing, thinking and putting our hopes and our ambitions, desires and thought life into pleasing and glorifying God. In Romans 12 verse 2, Paul says, Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So how do I know if my heart and mind are set on the things of God or if I am set on earthly things? A person's thoughts, desires and actions tells us a lot about them. Because the natural thing is that people act upon what they believe. So if I believe that men are from Mars... I'm going to act like men are from Mars. If I believe that it is okay to worry and it is not sinful, I am going to practice worry. And so what Paul is saying to us, the things that we believe are the things that we act upon. The earthly things that we think or desire, the fame, the material things, the recognition, and so many other things that we desire. Paul is saying, those things are temporal. Set your mind on the heavenly things. On the eternal things. The things that last. The things that are not only here today. Because think about it. Whatever you see today is here today. There's no guarantee to be here tomorrow. And so Paul is saying that those who live according to the sinful nature in Romans 8, 5-6 have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what that Spirit desires. The mind of the sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. So how does one know 
We know by what we think. We know by what we desire. We know by how we act. Ephesians says, those whose hearts and minds are not set on God are separated from God. They are disobedient to God. They are without hope and they gratify the cravings of the old nature and follow these desires and thoughts. Though they are physically alive, they are spiritually dead in sin. And so we recognize that there is a difference in aspiring for the things of the eternal and there is a difference from aspiring for the things that are earthly. So we recognize that if when, you, when your heart is on the things that are earthly, you are naturally disobedient to God because God works counter everything that you desire here. God says to you, no, I am your provider. And when you're thinking about the earthly things, you think that you are the provider. When God says, do not worry about what you eat or drink. When you're thinking about the earthly, you say, I need to worry about what I eat and I drink. Because I am the one who sustains me. But when our minds and our hearts are set on God, we seek to glorify God in everything we do. Nothing else is as important. And so one of the things that we do when our hearts and our minds are set on God, we seek God's kingdom and his righteousness. Matthew 6, 33 says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all things will be added. When our minds are set on God, our focus are on the heavenly and the eternal things of God. This does not mean that we do not pray about our needs or pray about our desires. No, we actually pray for our rents. We pray to God for our mortgages, our credit card debts. We pray about our health issues. We pray about our relationships. We pray about our children. Yes, we do. And we pray about anything that would come to, to rob you of your peace. But because all, but all of those are still temporal. But when your heart and mind is set on God, you are not consumed by those desires. You are not consumed by those needs. Because God promises that when we attend to his business, he attends to us. And he said, seek the advancement of my kingdom. Seek the furtherance of my kingdom. And I will attend to your daily needs. All those things will be given to you as well. The next thing that when we seek the kingdom of God and we, when our hearts and our minds are set on God, we forcefully advance the kingdom of God. Matthew eleven twelve says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. The believer should be consumed with what consumes God. And as I think about it, I, I, and as I thought about it this morning, or not this morning, but when I was preparing, I said, God, am I fully consumed with the things that consumes you? Because if I'm fully consumed with the things that consumes God, my day-to-day -day living and my day-to-day -day life would have been different. My life and the way I conduct it, the things that are important to me would have been different. Are you seeking the kingdom of God? When was the last time you and I did anything to forcefully advance? Because the scripture says, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing and forceful men lay hold of it. When was the last time you did anything to forcefully advance the kingdom of God? Satan knows how to prevent us from thinking about God's kingdom. He knows how to prevent our, us from setting our minds and our hearts on God. And though he may not stop us from going to church, he may not stop you from praying, he may not stop you from doing all those things, but what he comes and does, he fills our mind with fears and doubts and the cures of the world and the worldly thoughts. And he 
takes up your mind, being so overly concerned about you that you miss what God has called us to do. And so Satan's strategy is a, is a millions of years strategy. It's thing that he has been doing for years. It's nothing that is new to us. And God is saying, I want you to be ultimately concerned with the things that concern me. I want you to be ultimately concerned with his kingdom coming on earth as it is in heaven. When we set our hearts and our minds on God, we seek to trust God and we seek to put our trust in him. Not only do we trust him, we put our trust in him. In all our ways, we acknowledge him. By trusting God, we understand that our understanding, our mindset, and our attitude has to change or must change. The way we think must change. My negative thought life is replaced, according to Philippians 4, 6, is replaced by pure thoughts, noble thoughts, admirable and lovely thoughts. We learn to look at life from God's perspective and not from the things that are before us. Because that's, that's the problem we have sometimes. We are overly concerned about the things that are before us. We're overly concerned about our needs. We're overly concerned about our bills. We're overly concerned about the things that are directly affecting me. And God is saying no. When you aspire for the heavenly things, your day-to-day -day life is about me. You get up and it's about God. You're working and it's about God. You're, everything you're doing, because if you really trust him, if you and I, because I'm going to put me in the equation, if you and I truly trust God, I will not worry about the bills to be paid. I will not worry about the rent, the mortgage, the car note, the insurance, and my children, or anything that I, that I would normally be overly concerned with. Because if God said, if you seek me, seek me first, and I will add those things. If you seek me for all the things that you need, I will give to you. He says, do not worry about what you eat or what you drink or what you wear or even the bills you had to pay because clearly they never had a lot of bills then. They never had cable bills. They never had car No, They never had all of those. But God is saying, do not worry about those things because when you seek me, I look after those things. When you seek me, the thing that will cause you to have sleepless nights, the thing that will take away your peace and rob you of your peace, I will address. And so God is saying, aspire for the heavenly things. Set your hearts by desiring the things that are godly. Desire the things that are not only here on this earth that you can see, but the things that I am doing. Desire what God is doing so that you can partner with him. And that's what God is saying. Set our minds, our thought life. And I'm realizing that I have to, for me, I have to take captive my thoughts. I have to take, because sometimes a thought will just come, whether by you or planted by somebody as the enemy, and if you're not careful, you run with it, and before you know it, you're hours with that, with that mindset, or hours in that thought. And God is saying, no. You have the mind of Christ. Just because you are raised with Christ, you have the mind of Christ. And if we have the mind of Christ, and we truly believe that we have it, we would do things differently. My attitude to life would have been different. And though, though, though different areas of our life, we are working on it and we are saying, Lord, we are surrendering this part of our life. God is saying to us, the only way we can truly achieve this mindset, this heart life, this thought life and our desires changing is when we hide the word of God in our hearts. According to Psalms 119 verse 11. 
When we choose and we, 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 we dedicate our, our lives to renewing our minds with the scriptures, reading it, not studying it, meditating on it, memorizing it and praying it back to God, we, there's a guarantee that daily as we do this, we will start to see change occurring in, in our lives. When we submit to God and reject the things that are not of God, the lies of the enemy, according to James 4, 7. And I have had to, to give up certain things on television. I've had to give up certain movies. I mean literally give them up. I remembered once I went to a friend of mine and we were watching the movie. I took my kids over and we were watching this movie. And it was a movie that I right up my street. A lot of gun, shooting, all of those things. And I remembered on my way home, I said to my children, they were all sitting at the, end, at the door. I was the driver, one was in the front and two was in the back. And I said to them, as we, get to, get, as we arrive home, we're all going to open our doors at the same time. In my mind, we were being followed. In my mind, this was a way to to disarm, basically, the person would have been following. There was nobody following us. It was a movie I just watched. The movie had these, these killing and people were being kidnapped and people were, And I was living out the movie long after the movie on my way home. And I was telling my children, we're going to open the door at the same time because we're going to confuse whoever is following. Nobody's following us. There was even a car behind us. And these are the things that Paul is saying to us. Examine the thing that you're watching. And though it may not look evil, if it is not edifying you and making you better, if it is not causing you to see Christ and Christ, like Christ, Christ becoming more and more in you, watch what you're watching. Listen to the songs you're singing and listening to. Yes, they may be love songs, but what do they do to you? Especially if you're single. What thoughts do they evoke and cause you to think and the desires of the lust that may come because you're seeing and singing songs that does not edify you at the time? Look at the magazines and the books that we read. Look at the people that we're hanging around and, and, and there are times they are around persons and they are good. But at the time, they are, may not just be good for you. And God is saying... In order for you to achieve a mind and a heart that is set on the things above, these are the things that you have to do daily. You have to develop a life of prayer. Where you would have worried, he said, present those things to God according to Philippians 4, 6. We turn our prayers, we turn our worries into prayers. He said, foster healthy relationship with persons who are wise and seeking spiritual things. Proverbs 27, 17 speaks about iron sharpening iron. And as I rub against you and I learn from you, and you rub against me and learn from me, we grow together. And our minds change because the things that we are going to start discussing are the things that are edifying and glorifying God. He says we have to guard our hearts and our minds. And in order to guard our hearts and our minds, because, because Proverbs says it is the wellspring of life, according to Proverbs 4.23. Guarding our hearts and our minds is that we have, to, we have to watch it. We have to watch over it. We have to, allow, we have to watch over the thing that we are allowing to grow in our hearts, grow in our minds. And if not everything look evil, it's not everything are so blatantly evil. But we still have to watch it. We have to watch even how I share someone's story for prayer. And it is gossiping. We have to watch how or even our intention, our motive, the thing. Why do I do what I do? is coming from my heart. And Paul is calling us this morning and he's saying, aspire. Aspire for the heavenly things. Aspire for the things that are not earthly. We spend 
spend years studying for a degree. Four years for an undergrad. Three, up to three, four years for our masters. Up to ten years for a doctorate. But we do not spend that quality time studying the word of God. Writing it, studying it, meditating on it, memorizing it, praying it back, ensuring that it is because this is what we need. This is like the food for our souls and our spirits. There are many benefits to setting our hearts and our minds on God. One of the benefits is peace. Do you desire peace? Philippians 4 says, The peace of God which transcends all understanding guard our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. Isaiah 26, 3 says, God will keep in perfect peace those whose minds are stayed on him. Do you desire peace this morning? God is saying, you have to guard your hearts and your mind. You have to set your heart and your mind. You have to think right thoughts. You have to desire the things of God. The, another benefit of setting our hearts and our mind on God is that we get to know God's will. The mystery of God's will is revealed when we seek Him. You want to know God's will for your life? Set your heart and your mind on Him and start to seek Him. You want to know what your purpose is? Set your heart and your mind on Christ and start to seek Him. Start to be with Him. Romans 12, 2 says, We are able to test and approve what God's will is. It's good, pleasing, and perfect will. One of the things I recognize that when my heart and my mind is on Christ, because you go through these, past, these moments where all you want is just God, and that is where I want to live, God. That is where I want my default position to be, that every waking moment of my day is all I want is God. And when I realize when I'm going through those moments, no matter what comes and no matter what happens to me in life, I am not bitter. I acknowledge what I'm going through as God's discipline. And so when I set my heart and my mind on Christ, I become better and not bitter, even when life challenges. Even when the things in life are happening that I do not want to happen, I become better through the situation and not bitter. When I set my heart and my mind on God, my thoughts and my actions are being positively influenced by the things of God. And so if I'm designed to be like Christ, what should I have around me? Aren't those the things of Christ? If I want to be like Christ and if I know that I'm seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, what should I be doing? Christ should be my focus. My desire should be Christ. The way I think should be based on how Christ would think. Actually, my wisdom, the, the, the things that I, I, I do are based on God's way of doing them. So I live life the way God would have lived it. When I have my heart and my mind set on Christ. There's no need to be in control because God is in control. There's no need to vie for positions or vie for anything in life because God promises to give me what is mine. He's going to give you what is yours. When you set your heart and your mind on Christ, what happens is that your heart becomes pure. Even the worst. Have you ever had, had, do you know of anyone that no matter what is happening bad around them, they tend to see the good out of it. And you wonder, but how come they're not seeing the thing? And they say, no, that's not the intention. No, all you can see are pure thoughts and moods, and there is where I want to be. I said, God, I teach me how to set my heart and my mind on you. Teach me each day to hide your word in my heart so that I will not sin against you nor to sin against others. 
Now some of these things that God is calling us to do. He's saying there are things that you can do. I have given you everything for life. God is not going to come down and set our hearts for us. He's not going to come down and set our minds for us. It is something that we have to intentionally and deliberately do. It's an act that we have to do. And it comes with discipline. It's not something that I do today because I'm on a high. I no longer do next week when life becomes hard or challenging or I become disappointed. Actually, when my heart and my mind is set on Christ, I accept the things in life that comes my way, even though I would never have chosen them for me. Because I know that God has a plan. I know God does not tempt, but I know that he tests in the midst of temptation. And so Paul today is calling us and he's saying, set your hearts and your mind on Christ. Set your hearts and your mind on Christ. Because you died, you were buried, you were raised, and now you're seated in Christ. Seated with Christ. That unity that we have with Christ causes us to think different. That unity that we have with Christ causes and demands that we act different. There's a saying when I was growing up that by, they said by um, birth of a feather, flock together. So if I'm united with Christ, Christ should be on me, right? The way I act. The way I live, the way I conduct my, my conversation, the way, the way I do things should reflect that I am flying with God or I am flying with Christ. Then the scripture says, by their, by your fruit, by their fruit you will know them. Am I desiring the things of God or am I desiring the temporal things? Are you desiring the things of God? Or are you overly concerned with the things of this earth? And that's a question that you have to answer. That is a question that you have to stop and ponder. I'm mindful that there are persons who may be listening, who may not have made that decision, may not even understand what it means to be a believer. A believer in Christ is one who confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord. One who believes in their heart that Christ was risen from the dead. And by professing faith in God, you are saved. It's about asking God to come in and forgive you of all your sins. Forgive you of all the things that you did in the past. And even the things you did today. And when you invite him to come, he comes. Because he said, before you call, I answer. So when you call him and, and say, God, I hear about being a believer and I want to know what it is. Come and make me into one who believes in you. He's saying, come. And as you accept Christ, your position changes. Your position changes from one of being in, coming from the kingdom of darkness where the, Satan himself rules to coming into the kingdom of God where God rules. And so today I want us to stop and to think where is your heart set? What is your heart set on? We are beginning a new month, so the possibility exists that we, we have bills that were supposed to be paid at the end of February. Or we have bills coming that was, is going to be due the end of March. Or we have sit other situations, may not be bills, because not everybody has bills to con be concerned with. What is it that is overly concerning to you? 
that your mind and your heart is more focusing on those things. You are consumed in your thought life with it. You wake up in the morning and that's what's on your mind. Or you're going to your bed and that's what on, is on your mind. You're praying and that is all that is on your mind. God, how can I do this? God, God, God. God is saying to us this morning, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek him with all your hearts. Set your hearts and your minds on the things that are godly. The things that are eternal. The things that will last. But the truth is, I'm going to pay a bill this month. But I'm going to also pay a next bill next month. The bills will always be there. And if it's not one bill, it's going to be the next. If it's not rent, it's going to be mortgage. And if it's not mortgage, it's going to be car note. And if it's not car note, it's going to be insured. And, it, and it's always going to be something. But God is saying, those things, I will address them. Just focus on me. Seek him, God. And all these things will be added. So Father, I just thank you this morning for your word. I thank you, Father, that you didn't just call us to live a life that you never gave us the standard and you didn't give us an example of what to do. You gave us step-by-step -step principles about to accomplish everything you have called us to do. You say, aspire for the heavenly life. And then through Paul, you gave instructions. Lord, we pray today that we will live God lives that causes us to think about you, that you'll be the focus of our lives. Our minds when we wake up in the morning is about you. God, how can I partner with you today? God, what is it you desire of me to do today? How can I advance your kingdom today, God? Is there someone you want me to pray for? Is there someone you want me to speak to? Is there someone you want me to give something to? Lord, how can I advance your kingdom today? And that is what you're saying to us. You want us to be focusing on advancing the kingdom of God. And so, Father, I just thank you this morning. That we have standards set by you. And we we will not make we we, we, we we will not just be wandering off and wondering what to do because there are everything laid out in your word. Thank you that daily we can read your word and meditate on your word and study your word and memorize your word and cause the word to renew our thoughts and our minds. Thank you, Father. Lord, we just pray for those today who do not know you. Those, Father God, who say, God, I know you, but life has been hard. I've been disappointed. And so this morning I want, I'm making an appeal this morning for those amongst me, sitting in my, in, in, in before me. If you are in need of prayer this morning, I'm making myself available to pray. So I want you to come and just stand with me so we can pray. There are things happening in your life and you're saying, God, I need a break from this. I need your peace. And as we share this morning, recognize that peace is one of the benefits of setting our hearts and our minds on Christ. The peace of God ruling our hearts when we set our hearts and our minds on Him. And so this morning, we just want to thank you, Father. We thank you that for everything you call us to do, you even show us the benefit. What a God. You never commanded us and left it. You say, but when you do this, these are the things that will happen. What a God. 
And Father, I just bless your name this morning. And I give you thanks. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Lord, we are indeed challenged to remember to set our minds on you. To not be concerned with earthly things and its desires. So as we continue to do that practically, um, for those who are in need of prayer, you can text us at 469-433-0397 or you can email us at newhorizonmin at gmail.com or let me correct the number it's 469-333-0397 so if you're in need of prayer or you just want to partner or connect with us, um, you can do it that way. So may the grace of God, His loving kindness, be, be upon us today, now and forevermore. In Jesus' name, Amen. Have a wonderful week. We pray that the blessing of the Lord will be upon everyone. And all of us as we come and worship again, as we are thankful for that opportunity. Amen.
Oh.